I there? This is what expose. We do sing Enyanke here, TK for short. This podcast really is about sharing insights from study of God's word, scriptures, and hopefully in illuminating scriptures for someone and encouraging them to go further in their own personal meditation. The last time, you know, I was talking about faith as a guarantee, as the guarantee of God. And what the Holy Spirit showed me from Hebrews 11, 1. And honestly, I thought that that was, that part was done. I thought that scripture was done. And after a couple of days, I got a nudge to go back to that Hebrews 11 again. And what we looked at the last time, if you remember, was the faith to receive the things you hope for. And that faith is a guarantee. And the title of that episode is, is Faith a Guarantee. The things you hope for, the things you want from God, could be healing, could be a job, could be different things. But that was the faith to receive. But as I went back, and I will go to Hebrews 11 again and read. And I'm reading from Amplified Classic Version. I'm jumping straight to verse 8 because that's where this kind of, the Holy Spirit kind of zoomed in as I showing me this. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. And he went, although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. By faith, prompted by faith, he dwelt as a temporary resident in the land which was designated in the promise of God, though he was like a stranger in a strange country, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs with him of the same promise. As I read this, and as I pondered on this, there's an application of faith, which is in the context of what I explained in that first episode to receive, you know, Max 11, 22 to 24, and that Hebrews 11, 1. But this is a different kind. It's the faith to execute on God's instruction, whether you know it fully or not. Now, what was God trying to do with Abraham? The Abraham story, you know, God told him, leave your father's land to a land that I will show you. Genesis 12. And God told him, I will bless you. I will make your name great. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Right? If you go and read the first few verses of Genesis 12, I've just summarized to paraphrase. Now, Abraham was an idol worshiper, a complete idol worshiper. You know, later on in the New Testament, we knew that he was he was called from the other side of Mesopotamia. They were all idol worshippers. Never known God, never heard of God, never called. It was not like Enoch that walked with God or that called God. He was an idol worshipper before God called him. But God called him and he left. That's chapter 12. He wasn't told anything about the inheritance of a land. It was just, you know, go to a land that I will show you. I will bless you. I will make your name great. Those that bless you shall be blessed. Those that cause you shall be cursed. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That was the promise. And he believed and he went. It's not until Romans, I think Romans chapter 4, that Paul started explaining the importance of what happened with Abraham, which essentially was the model for the justification by faith. Because Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. It was not until Romans that we understood that God was testing, so to say, a new hypothesis. After he had destroyed the world with flood under Noah, because the intent of the heart of man was continuously evil. He wanted to test a new hypothesis. How can I relate with this man? And then just wanted to start a new production line through Abraham. And faith was the bridge for that. He called a man that was an idol worshiper, told him something, and that man believed. And that mother became 
the model for anyone who will believe submit many 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 generations later in christ anyone who will believe will be saved that model because abraham believed god and it was accounted to him for righteousness as these things were coming to my heart as she was showing me the faith to execute on god's instruction sometimes these instructions have an intergenerational mandate and many times you don't even know i don't think abraham knew the full mandate of god the full intent of god about what was the essence of his call yes go call him go to a land that i will show you i'll bless you i'll make your name great you know in you all the families of the earth will be blessed those who bless you shall be blessed it was not until verse 13 when he separated from Lot. if you go and read verse um, chapter chapter 13 rather when he separated from Lot, somewhere in that chapter you would see that that was when god now said walk through the lens look as far as you can see to you and your descendants I will give this land, I give this land, walk through the length, walk through the breadth, I give this land. To Abraham, it was the promise of blessing, the promise that God would give him a child, because if God was promising that he would give his descendants a land, he has to have a child, right? And perhaps that was it. But God was establishing a pattern which we eventually saw when Paul was explaining it in Romans chapter 4 and when he was explaining it in Galatians chapter 3 how we came to salvation to righteousness by faith that model that hypothesis that god tested with abraham right god's promise to him for abraham was partly for him partly you know i'll bless you and all of that but there was something that was embedded in abraham obeying obeying having the faith to execute on that instruction that god gave him which was to leave and to go to a place there was something that is tied to it, which is God starting a new order, a new quote-unquote production line of those who would believe and be justified by their faith. And that model will essentially be how we we'll come to salvation in Jesus Christ. All our sins forgiven, all our sins removed by that, by faith, by that model of faith. How will we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Almost like there's a model and his obedience, his response to execute that instruction, his belief, partly was quote and unquote helping God to establish or test that hypothesis. But for him, it was the blessing, the promise of his son, the inheritance of the land. But you know what was even very critical? Abraham did not receive the promise of that land. He dwelt in that land as a stranger and as a sojourner. He dwelt the book of Hebrews 11 and he didn't physically receive that promise God entered into a covenant with him eventually where he told him that I think it was in Genesis um, where he told him that you know the sin of the Amorites isn't full yet and that in the fourth generation his children will be taken out of the land and they will come back they will serve as slaves for 400 years but he will bring them back to the land yes that was Genesis 15 Genesis 15, when God entered into a covenant with him. And the fourth generation is descendant, verse 16 now, his descendant will come, shall come back here again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And God was telling him that you, you will go down to your father's grave at a good old age. He dwelt in that land as a stranger, as a resident, even though God promised and told him that he will give him. But God entered into a covenant with him. You know, when a deep sleep fell upon him and the way, 
there was like a sacrifice. God entered into the covenant with him to let him know that even when you are gone and you are no longer here, I'm going to honor this year, descend that who inherit this land. But what was embedded in the faith of Abraham? What the Holy Spirit was showing me? Sometimes God gives us a simple instruction, but it has an intergenerational implication. That obedience, that doing, you know, executing on that instruction, the faith to execute on that instruction. God told a Gentile, a non-believer, an idol worshiper, leave, go somewhere, and I will do X and Y. It was a promise, I will do X and Y. Before then, he didn't know, he didn't know the Lord, and he believed, and he left, and he became a model that whoever, Romans 10, 10 verse 9, if thou would believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. And if you read Romans chapter 4, then we understand that just our justification is by faith. That model that Abraham did not see, did not know the intergenerational dimension of what is obedience, of what is faith to execute on God's instruction, what it meant. And eventually, that's how we all became partakers of that blessing. It tested if God did it with Abraham, he, he, an idol worshiper became, he started working with God, an idol worshiper believed God. And immediately, it's like he never worshipped idol. He became righteous. He was credited to him for righteousness. And that model, eventually, at you know, anyone that believes in Christ, that becomes all everything that you have done in the past, wiped off. You immediately become justified by that faith. That model, God needed the obedience of the faith of Abraham to execute on that instruction. In a sense, quote and unquote, like helping God to test that hypothesis, which eventually, you know, became how we all became justified or came to faith. That's one. And of course, starting a new production, like through whom Jesus even came in the flesh, right? Because if you go and read Galatians 3, he was saying the promise was not to the seeds, it was to a seed, which essentially was that seed that would come in the flesh, according to the flesh, Jesus for the redemption of man, right? And the question, you know, that Israel was asking me is that, how many things has God asked us now, an instruction that he has given you, that it looks very simple, very simple. You, you can't, you, you can't fathom. You don't know the depths of what may be, may be in God's mind. But what if it has intergenerational dimension or consequence? Some of us, God has told you, go and start this idea. But you looked at it. It didn't make, did, did it make sense for a 75 year old man to live? And he's been worshiping idols all his life. Everything he has known. Did it make sense for him to leave everything and then go and start something else? Some of us, God is telling you to do something. I'm talking about the faith to execute on God's instruction. He's telling you to do something. It's not been done before, at least in, this, in your own circles or your own lineage. It sounds weird to even say it to people. It could be a business idea. It could be something. But you do not know the intergenerational dimension that is attached to executing on that mandate. Maybe God wants to create a lineage of wealth. If it's something that is telling you about a business idea through you, or if it's something that God is going to use to minister to someone that is going to be a channel of blessing to multitudes, if you obey that instruction, the faith to obey that to obey instruction, to, to execute on God's instruction. Most times you don't, we don't, as it was in the case of Abraham, we don't know the full picture or the intergenerational dimension or consequence of executing on that instruction of God. But God is trying to test something and he's telling us something. And that is the, the lesson from the faith of Abraham. No wonder God called him his friend. Because, you know, Genesis 6, 6, the Bible said, 
it grieved God that he created man because the intent, the motive, the thought of his acts were only evil continually. And then God called Noah and said, build an ark and bring a flood. Even the faith of Noah to execute on that instruction, there's never been a flood, there's never been rain. If you go and read it in, the, in Hebrews 11, but he was moved with faith. He executed on it and God destroyed and preserved, he preserved in, 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 um, um, the family of Noah. What else can you do? These people, they cannot be righteous. The intent of their heart, evil continually. I say, okay, let me call a man. Yes, he's evil. Yes, he's bad. Yes, he's, he's idolatrous. He's every, done everything. But let's test something. Let me call a man. I will offer him something. I will come first and offer him something. Okay, Abraham, I am offering you this. Leave it, your father's land, to a land that I will show you. I will do this. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. In you, all the descendants of the uh, families of the earth will be blessed. Those who bless you shall be blessed. You know, let me offer him. Let me offer that first hand. And will he respond? And a Gentile, an idol worshiper from the, from the other side of Mesopotamia, as scriptures revealed, he believed. He believed. He believed. He had the faith to execute on that instruction. He believed. And that became a model. God needed to test that model. That became a model. He believed God credited it to him for righteousness. That is how we became saved, how we became justified. He just thought he was probably just obeying that instruction. But that's how we became justified. That's how we became saved. That model is how we became saved. He believed God said, I will give you this land to you and your descendants. And yet, he was a stranger. He was a sojourner in the land. He had only a barrier peace to himself when he died. But God entered into that covenant with him. And he believed his obedience, the faith that he had to execute on God's instruction, became important for the generations to come. Less, yes, God blessed him. He was very rich in gold, in silver, in livestock. God fulfilled all of that part. But the, the component of the inheritance of the land and the component that, you know, for God's model of redemption of man that he didn't even know, right? All of that were embedded in one simple faith to execute on God's instruction. Simple instruction, leave do this, I will do this, believe in it and executing on it. And the question again is, what has God told you to do? And do you know, do you know what intergenerational impact that simple thing might have, even if you don't grasp it fully. Do you have the faith to execute on that instruction? Even when it's seemingly weird or unreasonable, do you have the faith to execute on that instruction? May God increase our faith. May God grant us the faith to execute on that instruction especially the ones that seem weird like go and start something that has not been done before that people look at you and say are you sure you head well you might never know the what god trying to do and the intergenerational impact that obedience be, that faith that you have to to believe god to execute on that instruction you might never know what generational impact is going to have.
what quote and unquote help you are giving to God for the execution of his mandate on the face of the earth. No wonder God called Abraham his friend. This is where I will end this episode, my friends. I hope this has blessed you in any way. More importantly, I hope it inspires you to spend time in the study of God's word with the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much, everyone. Peace be unto you. Until next time.